Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you own a bar or restaurant in South Texas, you want to use the best tools and have a local service provider to help you along the way. San Antonio POS is the POS solution that you need. San Antonio POS uses SkyTab, which has been designed specifically for the hospitality industry. And the best part is you can get a personalized system installed without spending a dime up front and you get a 30-day no-obligation trial period. To get more information about San Antonio POS, click on the link on the San Antonio Restaurant website, theflavorsoftexas.com. That's theflavorsoftexas.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, the most amazing foodie restaurant podcast in the world. The best the podcast. best. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I'm Susie Lafredo, and I'm here with my business partner, Alan Williams. And we are ready to have an amazing interview with, I'm so excited about our guest today. Yes. We have Tina Kent. She is the owner. Her and her husband, Lucas, own the Bread Box, one of our favorite bakeries in town, has some wonderful food, bakery and restaurant at mm-hmm. 555 West Bitters, which is the alley, right? Yes. All the right. alley on Bitters. That's yeah. And, and and not only, I mean, an amazing bakery, but I mean, literally provides the baked goods for 60 plus amazing restaurants, local restaurants here in San Antonio. Over right. the last... 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so so cool. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people uh, have been to the bread box and know about the bread box, but it's amazing how many people don't know because you've been there for a number of years. Uh, I think, what did I write, 2012 is when you opened? That sounds about right. Yeah, that's a a long time. We've been at the alley for about almost nine years. Okay, so you were... And then in business, 12 years. All right, all right. Well, we want to learn all about how you got to where you're at now. And so one thing I know, Tina, is you came from a restaurant family. Your okay. mother was the original owner? No. No, not the original, but she was one of the owners in the 90s of yes. the Vietnam restaurant on, on Broadway. Broadway. Yes. Great restaurant. We still love that. Still something Everyone my wife... called her Miss Lee. Okay. And so she ran it during the 90s. Uh-huh. And then your father owned Beijing restaurant in Castle Hills. Uh-huh. And then um, all of my aunts and uncles also owned the Beijing Expresses in San Antonio as well. So it was a full family affair. Very neat. Very... And then and then you land in baking. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> No, actually, I landed into the restaurant industry as well and, oh, yes. and ended up in baking. So mm-hmm. there's been an evolution as there as well. That is true yeah. because you. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, you've had sure. you have a very interesting um, journey to to where you're at now. Yeah. So you grew up here in San Antonio. I did. I'm a San Antonian. Mm-hmm. And, and where did you go to high school? Oh, you're a San Antonian too. I yeah. Oh, you know, okay. San Antonians you know always San... ask where you went to high school, right? <laughs> yes, Churchill. Yeah. You're class always Churchill. Ninety two. Oh, okay, okay. I'm a Thomas Jefferson Mustang. So. Oh, you're an original San Antonian. Yes, yeah, right. High school. Old school. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's cool. So after after high school, did you go to college anywhere? I did. I went to NYU. Um, and 
and I was in business school, and I've gone to UTSA, the University of West Florida. I've kind of, you know, went to a lot of school and didn't get any degrees and <laughs> had a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, that's part of it. You got to do that. That was neat. Had uh, odd jobs in my early 20s. Like what? Um, I was a courier for uh, big corporate law firms downtown. So okay. I would go and like do copy jobs and deliveries to law firms and their mm. important documents and paperwork and stuff. Very cool. And so I know downtown like the back of my hand. Mm. <laughs> like if there's an alley you're stuck in, you should call me. I got you. <laughs> I'll make, take um, note of that. <laughs> and I had a real difficult time trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And I tried a whole bunch of different things. And some of those things were working in a restaurant and mm-hmm. not my family's. Not your family, just because just, it's family. It's That's hard to work with family. Yeah, it was really hard. I think I quit like a thousand times. <laughs> um, and my my aunts and uncles and mom and dad were always like, all right, we'll give you another try. Problem child. <laughs> Black sheep. Um, and then when I decided to really go back into this industry, I was very um, particular about who I was going to work for. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to work for a chain. I really wanted something that was reminded me of my family, just not my family. Um, And that's where I came across Cappy's. So you worked at at Cappy's and see Cappy Lawton, of course, is Mr. San Antonio restaurant. I mean, he's been around San Antonio for a long time. Mama's uh, he has the, the La Fonda on Main now. He has, what else does he have? He has Cappies, of course. Cappies. Cappuccino. Mm-hmm. La Fonda on Main. Yeah. Yeah, it's a history that yeah. spans across Texas. So how did you meet Cappy? I did, I met him after they hired me. And okay. It was, got, I had an interview. And, um, and my, so, so what, did, what did you start out doing there? What did okay. You yeah, so that's a real interesting thing. So with all of my experience and everything that I'd been doing and my education and everything, when I went there to fill out an application, um, in my mind, I wanted to do the job that I had never done in a restaurant before because I'd done everything in the front of the house. Like you, my uncles and dad and aunt made me like you know, tear chickens apart and debone breasts and cut cases of vegetables and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I was always forced into the front of the house. And I think it was just because, oh, you're a girl and you're pretty and you should be out there, you know, (laughs) making money that way. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Um, I worked as a bartender at TGI Fridays in New York when I was going to school there. And so I got my bartending under my belt, um, checked that mark off. Um, so when I filled out my Cappy's application, I uh, was applying as a prep cook. Mm. Okay. Because I was like, I've never worked in the back of one of these kitchens. I know I at least have the skill level to do that. Mm-hmm. Everything else has just been self-taught. You know, I was a kid of the 80s and Julia Childs and... You know, PBS taught me how to cook the, oh, I can't remember. What was the the Jewish gourmet 
guy. The Galloping Gourmet? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Was it I remember the Galloping Gourmet? Gourmet from when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. like, Emeril Lagasse was just starting his television career, and mm-hmm. I was just always watching what they were doing because the fire and the walks and all the scary stuff in the Chinese kitchens were, like, <laughs> not really things I wanted to do a whole bunch. And mm-hmm. um, so my own exploration with food was uh, self-guided. But anyway, so I wanted to be a prep cook. Um, and that's when I met Cappy. He sat down with me and he said, you know, I don't have any kitchen positions open because people don't quit back there. Um, so, it's a you good know, problem. Yeah. And he's like, so if you, you know, want to work here, you think you can maybe start working in the front of the house, you know, until we have something available? Mm-hmm. I think three months later, I was a full-time manager. And then a year later, I was the general manager. And That's incredible. That was wow. That's very fast. 17-year history, and I never made it into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. they, they saw your, they saw your uh, skills it was, where it needed yeah. to be guided. I do, have some, do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a younger brother. And is he involved with the family restaurant? No. no he's not he either. He ran the <laughs> other direction. I went back towards it. Yeah. And he's, yeah, no, he's an extremely successful computer software programmer. Oh, that is that the other builds direction Software fraud technology for major banks like. USAA. Okay. Wow. Well, and and in your um, career with Cappies, I mean, you actually had some well-known chefs that were kind of under your wing um, that are now off with their own restaurants and doing their own thing. Oh, yeah. There were uh, Mark Dortman, uh, Mm -hmm. who has the the hill on the ridge. Oh that yeah, that used to be used to be um, Latuna. Latuna, Latuna, yeah, Grill, yeah. Anna and Mark. Yes, they. He was the first chef I worked with, and I couldn't believe he was the first chef I worked with because it was in the nineties. Everybody was screaming and making people cry and throwing things. <laughs> it was the Gordon, Gordon Ramsay it was, yeah, situation. But yeah. Mark was such a is is such a gentle soul, and he's got incredible skills his food is you know speaks from his heart yeah. it's always fantastic. love latuna i need to go try the grill on the the grill on the hill right no, is that the, it? it's something on I the hill i think it's the ridge on the, the ridge hill. on the hill the ridge okay. on the hill yeah it's yeah it used to be east side kitchenette yes kitchenette yeah, Jeff White. yes yes at uh-huh. um what is that north new braunfels mm-hmm. in 35 yeah pretty close to north new braunfels like yeah a block so down. he was the first chef and anna was one of our managers amazing um and they were fantastic to work with we all worked hard hustled you know there were 50 60 hour work weeks and mm-hmm. we were all making money yeah and then you also worked with Chef Caesar Zapetta, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caesar was the general manager at La Fonda on Maine. Mm-hmm. And um, he worked with us as a front of the house manager at Cappy's. Mm-hmm. And extremely talented, wow. has an incredible palate. So you must be a good uh, mentor because you've all these people came out from <laughs> working around you. Well, I had a good mentor, too. Yeah, Cappy is like my dad. And cool. I've learned, I think, everything I know 
because of him and mm-hmm. his guidance and care to his employees is what really was passed on to me and down to my my staff as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you were with Cappies. How did you end up getting into the baking business? <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, maybe there was something different I wanted to do. I've always been like decorating cakes and doing baking on my own and at home, but more like pastry baking. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that I did and developed on my own <clears throat> on, at home. So it was like my side hustle, mm-hmm. doing wedding cakes and stuff like that. And um, when I started to date Lucas, I had just began my bread journey and I had bought like every single fancy bread book there was. Yeah, I read taken... that, that, that he he saw all your bread books and yeah. started studying them himself. And yeah, and I was having no luck. I am not patient. And I am just like, look, the recipe says, and this is what's supposed to happen in yeah. my pastry world. <laughs> right. You know, what is this? Take its time. And oh, it's so cold outside. I'm like, gosh, this bread needs Prozac or something. <laughs> I can't deal with it. And he's like, well, you just need to have the feel and da da da. And, you know, he picked it up really, really fast. And he just, was already a chef? Yeah, he was already a chef. He had gone to culinary school and he'd work in, worked in New York and San Francisco and had lived in New Orleans and was a Katrina evacuee. So oh. it brought him back home to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, Roosevelt, class of, um, I don't remember, <laughs> 97, <laughs> 99. Yes, we're seven years apart, people. Um, anyways, so he we met at Cappy's. So he was a, co- a chef at, at Cappy's? No, or a cook? he started off in the front of the restaurant as well. Okay. And, yeah, I had some catering side hustle for one of my best friends, and I asked Lucas if he would help me because I remember in his application he had a bunch of catering experience from New York City. And we did this catering event together, and it was a movie, and we fell in love. Oh, how about that? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then he had to quit his job (laughs) because that wasn't going to happen. (laughs) And blah, blah, blah. And then he started to work at um, Luke with Chef Steve Mm. McHugh. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was in the beginning of Lucas's bread journey. and he, you know, got Steve's confidence and said, will you let me try it? And he started making, like, the French baguettes um, at, on the table and then mm-hmm. started making, like, the pretzels for their happy hour. And, like, that became crazy. And then um, the next thing you know, Lucas is being approached by chefs at like Mission Restaurant Supply. You know, he was just there and we just had our baby boy and baby was strapped onto him. And I think uh, Brooke from the Esquire at the time saw Lucas there and said, hey, you're making the bread for Luke? And Lucas was like, yeah. And they didn't know each other. And she's like, will you make some bread for me? <laughs> and then she, he was like, um, okay. And then uh, Mark Bliss um, caught some of the bread at Cappy's because Ka- Luke was Lucas was making bread for Cappy's too, 
And Mark said, hey, we're opening up a restaurant. Can you make the bread for us? And <laughs> we were living in Alamo Heights in like a thousand square foot two bedroom <laughs> house. Mm-hmm. And Lucas was baking bread out of the, our you were doing it out of the kitchen? Out wow. of our house. Wow. <laughs> while he was like chefing at Luke, Luke, while I was doing my MOD shifts at Cappy's and we had juggling this baby around. Oh my gosh. And Luke, when did you sleep? <laughs> when did y'all? <laughs> it just, we didn't sleep. And then all of a sudden, um, things just started to spread like wildfire real mm-hmm. fast. I mean, we had more bread accounts before we even had a bank account like this is for real this is happening wow that's cool and yeah just autopilot departures and changes and things like that had to be made and you know we're very lucky that we've never had to solicit for a day in our business Mm -hmm. it's always been word of mouth and yeah. Our family in San Antonio is strong and is really Yeah, and, and what what great alive. word of mouth. I mean, the, uh, those initial accounts that Yeah, some I of mean, the biggest. Yeah, some of the biggest and best restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> so so rolling back just a little bit, you, you there there's a story about um your dad and and you know, cuz of course, you know, you you um ended up in it going a different route to, in in your culinary world but i mean the the roots are there you know it, but anyway you were talking about a story um, when you went with your dad to the restaurant um oh the mission re- supply yeah mission oh, supply right. yeah 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 so um when i was a kid it was our my mom my dad daughter the dad daughter time was me going to the restaurant supply stores <laughs> with him and gathering you know the things that you need and everything and I had no idea that that would be my life, you know, 45 years fast forward, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I was a teenager, um, I wanted to bake. And we were were Vietnamese and Chinese, and baked goods weren't really something that was around the house Mm -hmm. or in the restaurant or anything, really. Um, So we... I had to bake my own breads and cakes and pastries and pizzas or whatever if I wanted something that was more Western Mm -hmm. culture (laughs) related. And uh, we went to Mission Restaurant Supply, and I walked in with him one day, and I guess I was just the right age, and it was the right time, and there was this six-quart professional KitchenAid white, Mixer, I think I named her Marilyn. <laughs> She's all steel. I've had her ever since. Oh, wow. She doesn't work anymore, but I can't give her up. And it was just the beginning of my journey to mm-hmm. making fun things. And when I started to make cookies and cakes and my mom and dad enjoyed them, I thought, oh, maybe this could be a thing. And I was an artist. Um in high school, and I love sculpting and doing things with my hands, mm-hmm. and it would just naturally gravitated to be able to do art every day in my life. That's cool. Well, it, then it really does seem like you ended up in the right place. Yeah, you ended up. You know, you the the artsy side of you, the cooking side of you, and you put it together, and you mm-hmm. have a bakery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, because you're. 
decorating. I mean, outside of the fact that, of course, your bakery items are just, I mean. It takes a village to make everything happen, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I do not do any of the baking in my bakery anymore. But you do all of the decorating. We, and I do all the decorating and just organizing of how we move through the seasons and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to get back when you were working out of the garage selling <laughs> bread. At what point is, did you go from there to the bakery at, at no. the alley or was there somewhere in between? We went to um, an industrial space off of Nakoma and Warfield. Okay. It was the old Las Palapas mm. test kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we were baking out of there um, and selling at farmer's markets in the early beginnings. Mm. Gaucho had their farmer's market. When they opened up their warehouses up on Isom back in the day. Yeah. And that was our first um, farmer's market kind of gig. And then we were holding pretty well with our wholesale accounts, and farmer's markets were just too, um, I don't know, too cantankerous business wise to Hmm. try to figure out and. We would make bread, you know, fresh for the farmer's market. So trying to figure out what to do with the bread that you didn't sell was Mm -hmm. sometimes hard to do. I mean, we Mm -hmm. ended up giving it all away and things like that and making good use of it. But farmer's markets were hard for us. Um, So the restaurant, when that came about, uh, that was great because we were able to recycle everything that we made 100% and have full control over when we made it, how we made it, and the time that we made it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting note that that Alan wrote down that I read, and I was like, "What?" But one of the things that he has on here is that you ended up finding out you were allergic to flour. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was working in the bread um, department, and I would oftentimes start getting serious sinus. Uh, reactions and it was only about 20 or 30 minutes into the shift and so then I would wear a mask so I was the mask bandit in the bread area but when I wore my mask I didn't sneeze Hmm. so then I realized that I had an allergy to it yeah and I'm very happy being in denial and I'm not (laughs) gonna go get seriously tested because that's just bad for my reputation (laughs) but yeah no I can't really work in the bread department without having like a real serious painter's mask on yeah well and I mean the baker of San Antonio allergic to flour (laughs) well you know well Lucas is technically the baker baker. yeah exactly that's right you're the yeah exactly what I was gonna say yeah that's cool well Susie what do you say we stop here and take a break and then we'll be right back with Tina Kent that sounds perfect Hey guys, Alan and Susie here from San Antonio Restaurants. We want to tell you about our new project, The Flavors of Texas. Yes, a fantastic new local guide where you can go and you can find everything that you want having to do with dining and entertainment local in San Antonio and surrounding areas. Everything from events to even who's running specials. That's right. It's going to be a guide right on your phone. It's going to be easy to get to. If you're a restaurant owner or a bar owner or any of the entertainment venues owners, you're going to want to be in this guide. So contact me or Susie. Yes. Susie is at? S. Lafredo at sa-restaurants.com. And I'm Alan Williams at awilliams at sa-restaurants.com. Hear from you soon. 
And we are back to the more you know, the better it tastes. Yes, Today we, we have Tina Kent. She is the co-owner of the Bread Box at 555 West Bitters Road in the Alley. Uh, she's co-owner along with her husband, Lucas. And Bread Box is a wonderful bakery restaurant. Yes. has some incredible food. Uh, I noticed last time I was there, everything on the menu comes with one chocolate chip cookie now, right? Yes. Oh, you're the cookies, They're so good. I can't even. I mean, we went and ate, and everything was so yummy, but I had to leave with a dozen cookies. I had to leave with the English muffins. I had to, <laughs> and now I'm ruined because I cannot eat a store-bought English muffin. Yeah, like, see, ever I still again. haven't gotten one of those. You, oh, you got the last of them, and they were, they were sold I out after you got that. You. But the cookie, I took the cookies <laughs> home, and Beverly just, I didn't tell her where it came from. She took a bite, and she says, this is good. I said, yeah, it's from the bread box. That's and why we, it's good. And uh, so when we were there, Tina said, you have to try. It was a molasses, I think. Oh, the brandy molasses yeah. that oh, makes grown men my, cry. It mm. literally does. It is, <laughs> it oh, delicious. my gosh, so yeah, yummy. Yeah. But I'm just, t- I'm just telling you, I, I just have to say this, being that we're talking about this right now, it's only $5 for a half dozen of these English muffins. That's, I, I mean, I was blown away by that. So anyway. If if you are listening, you need to go out there and get those English muffins. I'm telling you, <laughs> I am not so steering good. you wrong. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I want to go back. So first of all, you and uh, Lucas, how long have you been married now? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Okay. And so we we learned already that you were the general manager at Cappy's. He was working there also in the front of the house, but he was a trained chef. Started selling bread. What? What got him to really be serious about bread? I mean, I know y'all. You said you were you were interested, yeah. So you had a lot of books, but what was his inspiration really starting that? Um, our girlfriend Hillary Cahey, who we worked with, uh, was a a regular uh, at Soli Luna Bakery on Days of Allah. On Days of Allah, yeah, great, and she great would place. pick up their famous rosemary ciabatta mm. at the Pearl Farmers Market okay. on Saturday. And um, she knew that Lucas was baking bread and stuff. And she said, well, this is my favorite bread right here. Why don't you try making this? <laughs> and <laughs> Lucas was like, uh, challenge accepted. <laughs> and so he was like, uh, Tina, we need to go over there and see what this bakery is about. And, you know, let's try some bread. And we met Lou and Anna and fantastic people really helped Lucas on his journey with teaching him about like how to purchase and what to look for and you know what San Antonio has to offer and Mm. you know just tips and things like that they were incredible and um, Lucas made the rosemary ciabatta for Hillary and she gave him the thumbs up and he was like okay Mm -hmm. maybe I can do this and then it was, well, maybe I can make the ciabatta for Cappies and the English muffins. And then the next thing you knew, we had our first accounts ever were Bird Bakery on Broadway, mm-hmm. the Smoke Shack, um, Cappies, the Esquire, Bliss. Uh, those were all the, the first accounts we ever had. And, and then Pearl came along with Supper and... Mm-hmm. Then Steve McHugh opened Cured, Cured. and we had a relationship again. And mm-hmm. I mean, we got to grow up with our San Antonio food scene. You know, we all held hands together and mm-hmm. watched us all put our big boy food pants on. And we're we're only at the alley also because of Jason Dady. 
Right. Oh, because he yeah. was there with Trey. Uh, oh, that's there. right. He had yes. been 555 and right. then Trey and Oteca. Uh-huh. Yes. And we were looking for a space and we we're like, hey, guys, we need a home. And Jason was like, well, here's one. This is the old uh, Apple Annie space mm-hmm. um, at what was used to what used to be called uh the alley. Artisan's Alley. Artisan's mm-hmm. Alley. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's mm-hmm. Artisan's yeah, now Alley. now it's the alley. And now it's the alley. Yeah. And you know, that just goes to show how small San Antonio is. In, how in big a, a and small San right. Antonio exactly. is. Exactly. Because there's so many, it, it all comes together. And then I was thinking, uh, we, we had uh, Chef, we had Jen Reisman on, who, who now owns uh, Rooster Crow Bakery. And she was mentioning that when she was looking for a place she she was out of a kitchen to use, and you invited her to use your kitchen. So another I mean, baker, how cool is that? You, you allowed your competition to come in and use your bakery, and then it f- turns out that Sully Luna was closing, and they were Full not going to be in. And so she ended up moving <laughs> into that space. So yeah. it's just how amazing San Antonio all comes together, yeah. how everyone in the food community helps well, each actually, other. Well, actually, there's a step that was missed in that journey okay. because I only knew that Lou and Anna were selling Soli Luna because they were friends with the Casa Chocolate people. Who's across from you the in the alley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. guy that makes and, chocolate. And Brian was like, hey, Soli Luna's selling their stuff. Do you need any stuff? And I was like, I don't need any stuff, but I know someone who needs a home. And I was like, Jen... You need to make this happen. Amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just—it's so—it's so cool. I mean, I she she said it literally changed her whole everything. Um, and, and she's doing what she's doing now. Well, good because of all of that. So, so uh, okay. So I know that I know that Lucas is the primary baker. Um, you know, at, at Breadbox now. But um, when I was there, he was telling me that, for example, the English muffins was really a labor of love between both of you, oh. figuring <laughs> out this recipe to yes. get it just right. So you 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 definitely had and have, you know, input in in perfecting some of these these. Oh well, recipes. we do it all together. Yeah, we talk about, you know, the size of the holes in the bread late in the evenings. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's super sexy talk. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I saw your ciabatta today. Wow, <laughs> I love it. Gorgeous, babe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, but yeah, so we were, we were, we thought of the worst baked item that is in the market, and it was the English muffin. Mm-hmm. You know, you tear it apart and it like crumbs all over the place. Yeah. And you put mm-hmm. it in the toaster, and inevitably it just like rips the top of your mouth open. And right. It's not a real good experience without like a ton of butter and a ton of jelly and a ton of stuff on it. And we're like, why can't we make a English muffin that people want to eat instead of this dry situation that mm. we've right. been grown up with? Um, and Lucas was like, I just don't. I don't understand the bubbles and the rising and what is an English muffin? What do they is call them? The, the craggy places. Isn't that what they call it? Isn't that the technical term, the craggy? Crumpet? You know, yeah, well, oh, on, on an English muffin, it has to have it has to be rough. I think right. one, yes. one of the big grocery store national chain things, they, they talk about the craggy English muffin. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's hmm. not, something, <laughs> not something I want to talk about right. or even try sound like a good word. to yeah. duplicate cragginess. Oh, it's just not a sexy word either. Right. How, how's the cragginess? Right. 
Um, <laughs> so we, uh, I mean. You lost million. your thought, didn't you? No. <laughs> I didn't lose my thought. I'm like, am I about you're, to release I was gonna say, you're, you're... the million dollar secret here? Ooh. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Uh. Well, okay. So basically there was another bread that we deal with that has a lot of air in it. And I was like, well, why don't you just try getting some of that and just throwing it on the stove with some oil and see what happens? And he was like, hmm, you know, yeah, I guess so. What's, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. We're not making bombs here. Um, and so he took some of that dough and put it on the stovetop and griddled it. And ding, there you have that it. That was it. That was it. Wow. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Very They're so cool. good. <laughs> They're so good. So uh, I follow you on, on on Facebook, both your personal page, but also the Breadbox page. And and I know COVID was really tough on you. Y'all, y'all weren't <laughs> open for a long time. You, know, you were one of the last people to open back up to the public. I think you were still selling bread to the restaurants. Right. So we were open the whole entire time okay. during COVID. Um, I'm sorry, what's your question, Alan? Well, I'm just I'm just thinking how how did covid covid affect you at at a, at a restaurant you know at a bakery it was a little different than i, than I think cuz you were taking food out to people in their cars yeah um we started to you know the beginning of march feel the wind of change <laughs> mm-hmm. things started to get real uh different real fast and um, what was interesting is because we have a wholesale business, it helps us really kind of keep a pulse on what's going on in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, is everyone feeling a little slumpy? Is everyone kind of reduced in sales? And we're like, oh, culinaria week, you know, is coming up. We're going to get feel that bump. And we do. And so when everything started to feel real weird, it made me nervous. And mm-hmm. I was like, we need to figure this out, guys. Something's happening here. And the next thing you know, shutting down. The next thing you know, everyone's scared. And the next thing you know, we're out of toilet paper. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember that. And I was just like, well, look, if we can't be open, we may as well get rid of all the groceries that we have in the restaurant and mm-hmm. help the community, help the neighborhood, help elderly people who can't get to the stores or whatever it is we were you know, bagging flour and sourdough starter. I mean, the evolution of this COVID roadmap was just pure chaos and survival. Mm-hmm. And I think we're still in feeling survival mm-hmm. mode. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're mm-hmm. still figuring it out because there was no roadmap. You know, you go to business school, you operate a business, you figure out the cogs and how to get it to move and make money and help people maintain jobs and livelihoods. And then all of a sudden you're closed and you're forced to do things there's no roadmap for. You're, we're designing it all together at the same time. And I'll tell you that that was also another huge um, reach out for us business owners as mm-hmm. well. I mean, I called Cappy and I was like, what do we do? And he's like, I have no idea. I've never seen this. We're going to, you know, need to just keep our heads low, continue working and doing, 
You can't go out of sight. You got to stay relevant. We got to stay safe. And the experience was traumatic and joyful, hopeful. Um, The humanness of everyone came out. I can't tell you how many people reached out to us and said, if you need help, we want to help you. And all of our employees that stayed with us the entire time, knowing that they would be possibly risking their lives. Yeah. It was hard. Um, And we held hands together and promised each other that we'd make safe choices and good decisions so that we could keep coming to work and keep this place alive because everyone loves it Mm -hmm. and wanted it to keep going. And so many times we were ready to lock it up. We just kept pushing to hope for the light of day and that things would get better and no one else would be hurt or die or get sick because we did see some of that too. Right. Yeah. It was a tough time. Yeah. And it well, was something we've never gone through before. Never, never. And hopefully we'll never will. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love I, I love that, you know, you're, you're uh, I don't know, I, I just love that your take from it all is, yes, it was it was a really hard time, but seeing the humanness and seeing the people coming together and seeing, you know, the, the outreach of, of people wanting to help and seeing, you know, those kinds of things. I, I think if everybody can take that from, from it. Um, yeah. I mean, and like you said, it's still not, it's still trying yeah. to find it's your way back. It's still different. still hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's different now. Labor is mm-hmm. different now. Food cost is different now. We've yep. figured out how to Maintain the um, inventory, you know, list where we're definitely at the point where there's a lot less of, uh, oh, well, that's out of stock. That's out of stock. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, it's gotten over that. Yeah. Although, like, if it's out of stock, (laughs) and now it's, if it's out of stock, then it's, you know, something legitimate. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if if it came from that or it's just who you are, but you're very good at pivoting and, and, Adding new value to your bakery, you. tea tea parties. You have a lot of tea parties there. <laughs> yes. Uh, talk about that. I mean, if somebody wants to, they can just come and and have a tea party, or they can have they can rent out the whole thing for a mm-hmm. tea party, right? Yes. Um, tea parties. That was an evolution during COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, what happened was uh, Mad Hatters mm-hmm. uh, closed yep. their doors. Yeah. And I was real sad by that. And I never wanted really to introduce tea parties at the bread box because I was like, you know, that's their thing. You know, that's something that they did, and I don't want to copy that or anything. It just made me feel cheap. But then when they shut down and I was like, gosh, well, someone, they should have a place to go and have a tea party Mm -hmm. because I think it's so fun Mm -hmm. and nice. And I'm a boy mom, and they never got to do really those kinds of things. (laughs) That's what Beverly says, same thing. Boy. I, you know, have been collecting all this china and all this stuff for so long because I'm a hoarder, (laughs) my husband says. (laughs) And um, I, you know, tried to convince people in the past to do their private parties with us, like for bridal showers and things like that, and have it tea party style. Mm -hmm. And nobody was really on to it and on board with it. So I was like, all right, fine. So this collection just keeps gathering and gathering somewhere. And then the Mad Hatter's closes, and I'm like, we're doing this. And 
um, we had no employees at the time. And I was like, people were just starting to gather. And I was like, I'm promoting a business to gather and people will eat off of a little tea tower together and commingle. <laughs> and I'm like, is this going to like blow up in my face or is it going to work? And I was so surprised that people were like, shoot, we're ready to get dressed yeah. and put they, makeup they on. Right. We've been in a house for two years in our <laughs> long johns right. and we want to, you know, come out and enjoy an experience. Um, and the tea party was very low maintenance in terms of like urgency because we weren't cooking all a minute, you know, mm-hmm. for our mm-hmm. guests. We knew mm-hmm. in advance how many people were coming and right. what time they were coming. Mm-hmm. So the ease and the delivery of the service was definitely in our wheelhouse at the time. I think, you know, when we were finally opening up the front of the house, um, we had like three employees and we put the tea towers together, served X amount of people per day and closed mm. the doors up and just kept doing it over wow. and over again until what we fun. could get back into the swing of everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that the tea cakes have become very popular because people have, have asked um, on our group, you know, hey, does, uh, you know, are the, are the bread box serving t- the tea cakes yet or, or, or are they serving them again? Or is that something we can order? Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. yes, if we've made it, you can order it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then one of the other things that, that you've, you've added on and started doing, and I know you've mentioned you want to do more of it, is, is teaching little classes. Yes, the classes. Mm-hmm. Classes on, mm-hmm. on, on how to, uh, do you do how to make bread? What, what kind of classes have you, are you doing or have you thought about doing? Um, we have done cookie decorating classes. We have done cake decorating classes. All of these things inspired by COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. crying a second ago, and now I'm like, COVID made me do this. COVID yeah. made me do that. Well, that's kind of why I got. I went <laughs> well, there. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know what? I mean, that the advice that Cappy gave to stay relevant, yeah. um, it's, yeah, that's, that's invaluable. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think, and so Jason Dady was on our, um, Chef Jason Dady was on our podcast last night. That was one of the things that he said as well um, during COVID was to stay relevant. So he was doing, you know, these um, food prepared meals, yeah. Yeah, just all, all kinds of, of things. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, that's exactly what, you know, with, with your classes and with all of that, yes. that's, that's, you know, like you said, COVID people made wanted, me do it. <laughs> people, uh, we felt the shift in our culture in that moment, people wanted experiences and not things, it seemed like. They started cooking their own meals at home. They started making their own sourdough. You know, there was Mm -hmm. the toilet paper scare, killer hornets, now we're out of yeast and there's no flour (laughs) because everyone's baking bread and sourdough at home and people were ringing our doorbell like, can we get a sourdough starter? And I'm like, for $1 million. Right. <laughs> right. Which one do you want? Right. So how, so just really quickly, and I know we're on a different subject, but what, how long does it take to create a sourdough starter? And how long does it have to stay doing its thing before you actually use it? And, and um, so it's $1 million, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you all the information, like read it from a book to you. Um, It it can take five to seven days, one, two, three days. It all really just depends on Mm -hmm. the microbacteria activity in your neighborhood. 
you know, put it outside, let it really get some yeah. organic bacteria. And you can see the liveliness happen in front of your oh. eyes. You can measure how effective your sourdough starter is just by looking at it and then giving it time. So that first five to seven days um, is how you want to start it. And then after that, you feed it like a mother. It's a baby. You got to throw some of it away, refuel it. Wow. So there's a lot of waste. There's a lot of in a, and, and yeah. work. That and, goes into well, it. no, the work is like this. <laughs> Just a little stir. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you only need like this much starter in a cup. Yeah. And you feed this this much every day. And she's holding up two small little, two little candies. candies. Right. Yeah. And you throw away this every day and you reintroduce this. Mm. So that's why... Like the the age is always there, and then the discard mm-hmm. is what you want to discard so right. that you can keep feeding, keep feeding fuel it. to it, so that it'll keep generating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you really want to make bread, you're like, okay, starter's going, seems to be alive, it's all working, it's all happening. I want to make bread on Wednesday, um, so like Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon or whatever. You're gonna put more food into it than you probably normally would based on like how much starter you want to use you activate that once it's activated you take your activated starter and instead of throwing that away which we would have done mm-hmm. we're going to make it in the bread we're going to put it into the dough and that's what wow that's it wow I want to come get some starter. Can I have a starter? No. For one million dollars. <laughs> exactly. Because I don't know if I can go through all of that. You can. Yes, I you would can. rather. I just want one of yours. <laughs> I mean, I can give it to you, but you got to keep it alive. Yeah. And there's adoption certificates involved, <laughs> right. and I'm gonna have to sign. You're gonna have to sign a I release to make sure you don't go selling kill this your, bread or, or kill and the baby. Or the next kill, scene kill, is kill Susie's got a bakery business <laughs> all off of the starter <laughs> i mean it's true right yeah that's <laughs> oh, too good so so uh let's get back to the cookie yes, decorating yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so that's okay. one of the things the off classes that you're teaching yeah so um anyway so the experience uh people want the experience and i've always just wanted to teach i feel like i'm a, a very good teacher and i had a lot of fun uh, doing it, and you know, let's be real. I'm going to turn 50 this year, and the body is not what the bo- restaurant body was mm-hmm. <laughs> 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's probably time to explore some different avenues and different areas of growth. And yeah, I think teaching is one of those. And so, uh, teaching bread, teaching de- cake cook. Cake decorating, cookie decorating, I find all of that extremely joyful and would like to uh, explore more yeah, of that. Explore yeah. more of well, it. and you talked about the fact that you are very artistic and in high school, um, you know, you art was kind of your, your thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because your, your decorating is beautiful. I mean, just <laughs> Thank you. Gorgeous. So you're hearing it here first with San Antonio Restaurants is going to be taking advantage of your cookie decorating class. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be holding a class for yeah. our members, for yes. the gold members. Yes. So it, it, it is a gold a gold event. So if you are a gold club member, keep your eye out. It's going to be March the 2nd 
from five to seven, and it's a cookie decorating class, and so it's it'll be so much fun. Um, we're so excited about it, so keep your eye out for it. And if you're not a Gold Club member yet, this is a great time to join, start taking advantage of the VIP perks, and then you'll also have it and be ready for this class. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. we have that. And the Bread Box has, is also one of our newest gold-approved restaurants. Yes, They're going to have some great so perks. Exciting. We don't have the perks in there yet. But probably They're by the coming. time you listen to this uh, podcast, we'll yes. have some perks. So Breadbox is a wonderful restaurant that if you've never been, you need to go for breakfast, for lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, everything is just delicious. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and if you if you look on the, on the group um, and you go to the search and type in Breadbox, you'll see so many amazing posts on there. I know I put one out recently, and, I mean, it was just... Yeah, we didn't buy one this year, but typically we we buy a king's cake this time of year, and you make a, the best king's cake in San Antonio. Thank you. Yeah, it's so, so good. Yeah, and that's a good point. So you can call and pre-order. Um, you know, anything. All okay, perfect. Yep. So like, if cakes or mm-hmm. cookies or whatever it is, cakes, cookies, bread, um, anything. Yep, we do catering. Um, box lunches for schools or. Corporate events, corporate event, catering, mm-hmm. all of the above. Wow. I love that. That's great. So the bread box is at 555 West Bitters Road, or you can just go to their house. They're cooking in their in their garage. <laughs> uh, no, no, you better go to the bread box at 555 West Bitters and uh, try out the food. It's it's wonderful. Yes. Tina, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. It's a thank lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you have a really cool story, and uh, it's interesting to learn it. Thank you. Yeah, great. All right. Well, Susie, I guess that'll be it for today. And we'll be back again next week with another wonderful interview. Yes, we will. And everybody head out to the bread box and support local. Support local. All right. Bye, Tina. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Bye.